Today's Sunday sermon has been made possible by the members of Southside Christian Fellowship Church and listeners like you. Thank you so much for your continued prayerful and financial support of this ministry. If you'd like to learn more about what we do and how to get involved, or simply want to give a gift, please just go to our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net today. God's good, isn't he? Yeah. We're in a very strategic place right here, so if you if the jail is right over here and the county administration building is right down the road, how about just stretch forth your hands towards that? We're going to pray. Father God, we come to you this morning as we celebrate resurrection, we celebrate life. Lord, we know there are many that are in that jail right there that need to be set free, Father God. Not only from the, to the jail, but Lord God, from the bondage that's that's got no hold of them. Lord, we pray over our county. Lord, that there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That, Lord, we would see a revival. That we would see a great harvest take place. Not only in this community, but, Lord God, communities all over this nation. Lord, we come to you in spirit and in truth. Declaring that your word is truth and through your word there is life. There is abundant life. And, Lord, we just release that now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Woo. I'm going to say Jesus is risen, and you say he's risen indeed, okay? Yeah. Jesus is risen. He's risen indeed. Jesus is risen. He's risen indeed. Jesus is risen. He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise if you heard this morning. God is so good. Pastor Gary, I want to thank you for yesterday and you and all the people that helped. There were tremendous help. Thank every one of you for what you did. Um, I had a I had a great time. Didn't stay real long, but I stayed a couple of hours. And but I got to tell you, my highlight was one one young man. He came over and he said, "I need prayer." And now he said he was twelve. He may have been ten. And he said, "I need prayer." And I said, and David was there and Sam was there, and I said. What do you need prayer for? He said, self-discipline. Wow. That's the kid he's got it going on. Of course, I figured he I figured it out a little later. He needed self-discipline so that he wouldn't get normal discipline because I think he was had a little bit of problem. So I asked him, I said, What's your name? He said, Eugene. I said, I like that name. I got a son named Eugene. And so we talked and ministered and we prayed over him, and I said, I want to meet your family. He was a very impressive young man. I want to meet your family. And so we walking over there, and he kind of holds back. And he says, I lean down, he said, Eugene is my alias. <laughs> I said, your alias? He said, yeah, my real name is Varte. I said, okay, Varte. So we go over there, and I walked over there to meet his daddy. And daddy just lay there with his head in here like this and going, I said, this your son? He said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell this boy has been in trouble once or twice in this year, man. So I, put, put, I said, I want you to know he is one fine, smart guy. And I just really enjoyed having him here today. And you know something? That crowd all of a sudden turned around and he let his daddy lit up and he started smiling and his mama started smiling and so I was able to talk to him a little bit about Jesus. And so you just never know what somebody's looking for if you can share the word. So thank you. It was just a, just a great time. I didn't know Herman was going to play the, uh, Pastor Herman was going to play the uh, resurrection verses, but I'm going to read them to you anyway. 
I want to start off right there, and I want to come back to you and share with you a little bit about what the Lord told me about that. And Matthew 28, 1 said, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. Yes, amen. Jesus is risen. As he said, Come, see the crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that, the, that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. Therefore you will come, you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There were a couple of things that really struck me when I read the resurrection story. Number one, I love the fact that there's an empty tomb. Amen. You know, uh, we've heard this many, many times, but it's true. If you go to Muhammad's grave, Muhammad is still in the grave, or his bones are there anyway. If you go to Buddha's grave, Buddha's there. Krishna is still in the grave. The only grave that's empty is the, the grave of Jesus Christ. Yeah. He is no longer there, Amen. for he has risen. And he has ascended and he sits on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. And he not only sits there, but he makes intercession for you and for me. Man, think about this. You talk about somebody pray, praying for you. That's the, most, that's the most fabulous idea. So when you haven't got anybody else to pray for you, I just want to remind you that Jesus rose and he took that position of authority in the heavenly realm. And he said, I'm praying for you because I love you so much. The other thing that I realized is that resurrection was the culmination of his earthly ministry. And then he went on to his heavenly ministry. But while he was on earth, he prepared not only his disciples, but the people that were around about him for what to do once he was gone. And one of the things that he did was he taught them how to pray. If you go back and you study Matthew 5 and 6, the Sermon on the Mount, you will see the instructions for living in the kingdom. That's what that's all about. God, we, we Sometimes we say God didn't say exactly what to do. Well, Jesus said exactly what to do if you go back and you study it. He tells you how to live your life. He tells you how to pray. He tells you how to forgive. He goes into all of these different things. And so uh, Pastor Herman several weeks ago or several months ago preached on the, the Lord's Prayer. But, the, but he showed me something else about that Lord's Prayer. And so I want to read that to you and, and share with you. What made this possible? Matthew 6, 7 says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think they will be heard for their many words. Some of us worry because you say, don't pray good enough. Listen, if you could pray, save me, that's good enough. That's all you need. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you have need of before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Notice the first thing he says, he says, our Father. And he goes on and says, our Father who art in heaven. Because remember, when the Jews said who their father was, they were referring to Abraham. So he said, I, you're not referring to Abraham. He said, because I'm resurrected. Because I'm resurrected, you are now able to go boldly into the throne room of grace. And you can go right to the Father. And you don't have to just go to the Father. You get to go to Abba. You get to go see Daddy. The one that loves you. The one that, that brings the correction. The one that brings the encouragement. The one that brings the strength. The one who's looking out after you who will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, when you pray, understand that's who you're going to. He said, don't just pray. Don't just use vain repetitions or vain words. Or things that you've learned and do it by road, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Don't do that. He said, take time and break this thing down to understand. When you go into prayer, you say, our Father. And you say, listen, you're my Father. You are my Abba. You're the one that loves me. You're the one that made a way for me where there was no way. And so look what he does. He said, because of my resurrection, I have given you authority to go in to the very presence of the Father. Wow, I, I thought, wow, how powerful of that. He said, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He began to talk about his holiness. He said, I want you to understand that when I, as I reveal my name to you, I am revealing my glory to you. Eddie, how do you know it's your glory? Because Moses said, I want to see your glory. And, and, and God told Moses, he said, hide behind this rock and I will cause my hindquarters to pass before you. I will cause a portion of my glory, because you can't have all my glory. He said, I'll cause it to pass before you. And when he did, Moses stood and hid in the rock, and the glory of God passed by, and he did it by calling his name. He said, hallowed is thy name. Holy. Holy. And so God said, so Jesus said, when you pray, understand that you are not praying in a natural realm. to you in the realm of your glory. Not from an earthly perspective, but from a heavenly perspective. I take my rightful place, not in any other place, but where you seated me. You said you seated me in heavenly places. You seated me in a place where I could walk in the revelation knowledge of your name, of who you are. And so before you pray anything, you ought to say, God, I mean, Daddy, something else about yourself? My daddy, when I was little, my, my brother and I, he would come into our bedroom at night and he'd tell us stories. And he'd tell us stories about Mr. Cuckoo. <laughs> Mr. Cuckoo did all kind of things. He, Mr. Cuckoo one day got a BB gun for Christmas and he shot out all the windows in the house next door. Mr. Cuckoo got a pretty good Mr. Cuckoo whipping from his daddy too because he shot out all the windows. Mr. Cuckoo went to the market, and they used to keep eggs in a big old basket. Mr. Cuckoo got mad at his daddy, and he went and sat in there and broke, broke a bunch of eggs. But he would tell us these stories. And I guess I was 22 or 23 years old before I realized that Mr. Cuckoo was my dad. And he was telling us stories of his life. He was revealing who he was to me. Well, guess what? If my earthly daddy will do that, my heavenly daddy will do the exact same thing. He's saying, he said, don't just come to me. Don't just come to me and ask me for what you need. 
come to me and spend a little time and let me reveal myself to you. Let, let you tell me about you and I'll tell you about me. He said, listen, he said, that's, you can invoke that kind of relationship. And he says, not only are we talking about going from there, but he says, and then he says, your kingdom come. He's talking about understand my kingdom, my authority. And then he says, not only am I invoking your, the authority of God, but he says, he says, your will be done. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you know, we talk about things in the heavenly realm, and it's true. There's no sickness and there's no disease in the heavenly realm. But let me tell you something else that's going on in the heavenly realm. The whole, the whole of heaven is revolving around the sun. Let me tell you that one more time. The Father has exalted the Son. And so all of heaven now. And so if it's going to be on earth like it is in heaven, that means the Son is going to be exalted in the earth. And so the prayer is no longer just, just Lord, get obedient. The Lord is, the, the prayer now becomes, Lord, let your name be exalted. Let it be exalted in my house, in my life. Let it be exalted in my household. Let it be exalted in my community. Let it be exalted in my nation. And Lord, let me be the one that stirs it up. Let me be the one that declares your goodness in all the earth because you are God. All this is possible not because we're here, but because Jesus Christ resurrected. Yeah. And you see where I'm going with this thing? And then he goes on, and he says, he talks about meeting our needs. He doesn't say hold back. You need something? He said, ask him for it. Yeah. There's no reason not to ask him right. for it. He said, give us this day our daily bread. Yes. But what we want to do is say, Lord, give me insight. What's going to happen five years from now? And the Lord said, why? Today is the day of That's salvation. Right. That's right. Today is the day of deliverance. Yeah. Today is the day of testimony. Yeah. Yeah. Today yeah. is the day where you declare the living that I am Lord. He'll meet our needs. He wants us to know that, that our job's not our provider. He wants us to know that our government's not our provider. He wants us to know that He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord God, our provider, and He will meet our needs. And then He says to invoke for forgiveness. Invoke our forgiveness. He said, forgive those who've sinned against you. Why, would, why is that so important? God, God said, I forgave you. Yeah. Would you please yes. forgive those? <laughs> How many of y'all have ever been treated like Jesus where you've been scourged to within an inch of your life and then hung on the cross? And as he hung on the cross, he said, Father, forgive me for they know what they do. Yeah. And then he said, not only let them forgive, but you forgive yourself for the things that you've done. So release yourself and take hold of the newness of life. And then he invokes protection. Look what he says. He says from relationship to protection to needs to glory to everything. And it's all available to each one of us because of his resurrection. Amen. And he started teaching that before he ever was resurrected. So he knew he was going to be resurrected. And he knew he had the right to teach that kind of authority. I don't want to keep us out here real long. <laughs> I want to close with a story, and then we're going to receive communion. Matthew 27, 15. Now at the feast, the governor was accustomed to release for the crowd any one prisoner whom they wanted. 
and they had then a notorious prisoner called Bar Barabbas. So when they had gathered, Pilate said to them, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called Christ? For he knew it was out of envy that they had delivered him up. Besides, while he was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent word to him, Have nothing to do with this righteous man, for I have suffered much in a dream because of him today. Now the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and destroy Jesus. And the governor again said to them, Which of these two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. And Pilate said to them, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called Christ? And they all said, Let him be crucified. And he said, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Let him be crucified. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water, washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released for them Barabbas, having scourged Jesus, and delivered him to be crucified. Eddie, why would you be telling the story of Barabbas on Resurrection Sunday? Once again, it was a prophetic declaration of what was about to transpire. You see, Barabbas was a scoundrel. He was a murderer. He was a thief. He was an insurrectionist. He was a troublemaker. He was worst of the worst. Remember, Pilate was looking for a way to get out. And so he didn't just take any prisoner. He took the very worst prisoner he could think of. And he brought it before the people and he said, choose Jesus or Barabbas. Jesus was saying, for the Barabbas. And he didn't say this in scriptures, but Jesus said, I'm the one that's going. You take Barabbas. I'm the one that will suffer. And so they released Barabbas. Check this out. The scripture does not ever say Barabbas said thank you. The scripture does not say that Barabbas ever got saved. Never did. I'm not saying he didn't, but he didn't say he did. And yet Jesus loved him. Jesus loved him when he walked away. No matter how bad, no matter how rough, no matter how indignant he was, Jesus loved Barabbas. And you see, when you begin to look at that story, he prophetically was declaring, I'm going to let people free. I love them. I don't care what state they're in. I don't care how they fail. I don't care what shame they brought upon themselves. It does not make any difference. I love them. He's declaring before each one of us today, I love you. You see, you and I are the Barabbas. Jesus went to jail. They were scourged for. He is the one. Having said that, if Jesus was willing to die for, for us, are we willing to live for him? Are we willing to take a radical stand for Jesus Christ and say, I am not ashamed of the gospel? 
remember what he said? He said, yet while we were still his enemies, yes. he loved us. Will we stand up and declare unashamedly that Jesus is Lord? Will we stir up the nation until they can't stand it any longer? Declaring Jesus is Lord. Sometimes we get so caught up in the fight of, over sin, we forget to declare that Jesus still loves them, no matter what we sin. Jesus is king. Jesus loves us. He was resurrected. And God the Father, he made that happen for us. Amen.